Yo, check. It's Chris in the house. Trying to lead you away from heck. Like a holy little Saint Mouse. Wow. Just wow. Hey, beauty comes in many forms. Are you ready? I'm going to start with a quote. You're not going to start with our intro? Well, I'm just going to lead to the intro. You're crazy. All right, I'm ready when you are. Modern man has become passive in the face of evil. He has so long preached a doctrine of false tolerance, has so long believed that right and wrong were only differences in a point of view, that now, when evil itself, when evil works itself out in practice, he is paralyzed to do anything against it. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> Dang it. I was like on this epic roll. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. <laughs> we both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Oh, I love this quote by uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Like, it's like, we are paralyzed to do anything against evil. And I think that there's truth in that mm. because we don't equip and empower people to do stuff against evil. We have yeah. this buddy Jesus. I don't know if you've ever seen the buddy Jesus. Just just Google it. And it's like, hey, everything's okay. And if you're sinning, that's okay because I conquered and died for it and be nice to each other. And that's all I want. And yet um, people kind of meet and greet that type of spirituality with a, a yawn. Mm-hmm. If there's no demands that the faith puts on us, if there's no demands there, then there's not true love. Like love makes demands and it's okay for love to make demands. And as yeah. ministry leaders, are we leaning into that reality with the people that we serve? When you think about like that version of Jesus versus the version of Jesus that the apostles dealt with, <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, don't take a second tunic and just go, just go. And they're like, gone they just took the challenge and went right and it was like no further guidance they were asked a lot to to go and do that which is just way beyond what buddy jesus would do right (laughs) buddy jesus hold my hand while we do this together and it's like being on a group project but buddy jesus does all the work and you still get an a right (laughs) the other one is he's like i believe in you I've equipped and empowered you. Now go. It's like, but I can't see the things you equip me with. It's like, no, because it's grace. And I'm sending you my spirit. Like, go. And there's this radical living that we are called to as Christians. And as ministry leaders, sometimes I don't think that that gets cascaded down. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, okay, you can name the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're ready for confirmation. That's it. It's not... You will be clothed with power from on yeah. high when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you are made to speak as Christ himself, as prophet, priest, and king, as a confirmed Catholic in the world today. You are set as a missionary. Instead, you've checked all the boxes. And even with our volunteers, the same thing. Like, we give them, you know, a piece of paper that says, step one, do this. Step two, do that. Step three, do this. And we, we don't give them any responsibility, any challenge to, to make it their own, to come up with it themselves. So just so you guys know, this is sort of a, a follow-up from a podcast you know that we recently did that is uh, comes from that Failing Forward book with Alan and his friend. 
I, I'm still trying to figure out how to pronounce Alan's last name. Yeah. So there's 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 that. Um, it starts That's with funny. a G. Come on, what is his name? We'll figure it out in just a minute. But anyways, um, yeah. So I've I've been reading the book and I've been realizing like this book is basically a framework for challenging people to live out their faith radically. Yep. Specifically, adolescent youth. Like we have to be able, Daryl, Alan, and Daryl. Um, Daryl. Uh, yeah, they they were on a couple podcasts. So ago. You're G, more than right? welcome to Daryl. Yes, Daryl. <laughs> I thought it was Grant or something like that. I've been listening to a lot of different. Uh, anyways, but I've been going through it, and I'm like, this is basically just us saying, hey, you know how God says you're capable of greatness? Well, go do it. Yep. And we're gonna be here to where when we come back, we'll talk about did you achieve the greatness at the level you believe God created you to be. If not, then how can we help support you in that next step? If so, great, now let's give you another task. And I feel a lot of times we share the faith on a level that almost analyzes spirituality and morality and things like that instead of equips and empowers us to transform through the spirituality that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh, like, I, I just love taking what they said in that book because like they were specifically talking about youth, your kids, um, and stuff like that. But taking that like an, another step and looking at how you can do that with the people that you supervise, the people that are around you, the people that you depend on, you know, for your ministry to be done. And looking back, there are ways that I've implemented this um, almost without even knowing. But when you know when I was first starting out in ministry here in, in Bryan, I, uh, I had volunteers that I knew and I, that I knew that I needed to step up and run things, to step up and do things. Yeah. And so I started with small things like, Hey, I want you to give the testimony tonight. I want you to give the announcements tonight or whatever. And I'm not like no further guidance. Um, it's all yours to building up to you're running the whole thing. Like this whole thing is yours. Right. Like the creativity that comes from that. I've got, there's a video and maybe I'll post it in this, um, like a link to it, but there's a video that, uh, Alyssa, Sarah and JP did. Um, it was all about God, the father and it's called father safari. Um, but anyway, it's like JP, like took my video camera or I mean, he may have had one at that time too. And they went all around Bryan college station, recording different things, looking for, the father, you know, looking for God, the father or whatever. And, uh, it was hilarious and it was genius, but they only did that because they, they had the freedom and they had the challenge to go and do it. And so if I had given them something and said, do this, 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 and that, that the creativity would not have like happened. Right. So there's a, there's a lot that we as church are missing by not challenging the uh, the people that we work with to do more. And so that's where the idea is, do we as a church ask too much? You know, oh, don't have sex before you're married. Oh, that's too big of an ask. The church asks too much. Or do we ask too little? Mm. Right? Yep. And that that's what I wonder is, as ministry leaders, are we asking too little? Yeah. Right? Like, okay, so if you're struggling with this... Um, you know, let's go like a lot of a lot of people struggle with like pornography. OK, well, why don't you try and avoid, you know, media after nine o'clock? Or what if you get rid of your phone? Don't charge your phone in your bedroom, people. Maybe you charge your phone somewhere else and you go on Amazon and buy a seven dollar regular alarm clock. 
What if we make more demands? What if you're not sure about, uh, I don't fully understand the faith? Well, how about this? How about we have you teach the parts that you do understand so that you can own those parts? And now if someone were to say to you the pieces that you don't understand, how would you want them to explain it and now learn it in a way that you would want to receive it? Like just to challenge them a little bit more than just come to me, I'll give you a meal, and then later on, I won't make any more expectations or demands of you. Well, and even in that first example you gave, instead of telling them what to do, why not ask them to research ways that they can avoid it? Like, hey, like you're having a tough time with this. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You come back with, to me with, with some solutions. But I'll journey with you. If yeah. you need me to journey with, if you need the courage of me being at your side to take that next step. And I've, I've done that with people who have like, I, I don't know how to deal with this. And I'm like, I'm not qualified. It sounds to me like maybe conversation with a counselor might be helpful. It's like, Chris, I'm too afraid to even make that phone call. Well, what if I'm here in the room? I will I will sit with you while you make the phone call. Here's three names that I would recommend. Let's do it. But you are the one that has to make the call. I cannot schedule the appointment for you. Yep. Like literally, legally, I can't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, and even empowering that that young person uh, who is struggling with, I mean, it could be a young person, it could be anybody struggling with um, a church teaching, empowering them, hey, you know, I want you to actually present on this topic, not on the stuff you know, I want you to present on this part that you don't know, do some research. And if it's in a small enough group, it's something that you're a part of, that's easy for you to be alongside them, you know, and even help prepare them, okay, give the presentation to me first, or tell me what you what you found. And then in the small group, even if you need to correct things, you know, as they happen, I think that's perfectly fine. But there may be things that you would have said differently that don't need to be corrected. And then, but you're empowering them, giving them more, asking more of them than, uh, than just what's easy. And, and that, that not asking too little, asking more, making demands actually puts a risk on us as well. Mm -hmm. Because what if we say, okay, I'm going to ask you next week to lead the testimony or to give the talk. And someone says it was boring or someone else was like, whoa, that was not in line with church teaching. Well, that's okay. I'm in seeing right afterwards. And I'm going to say, hey, there was a little bit of a miss there. Just want to clarify that this is not, they were talking about their personal relationship with their earthly father. That's not the same as God the father. I hope that's clear. But let's again thank David for coming up and sharing. Whatever it is, there might be some some cleanup that needs to happen, but that's better than... Um, the, the mediocre living that happens if we are just so reserved in regards to it. Like, let's take risks and empower people to make their faith a verb, not a noun. Yeah. You know, and if you were, if you were to take, you know, what uh, Alan and Daryl said and take it a little bit further, I mean, just like not further, just exactly what they were talking about in the book. And uh, like you give someone 20 minutes. Hey, you've got 20 minutes. and I need you to cover all 20 minutes. And then they're done in 10 and then they look at you like, what's next? You look at them. I don't know. What's next? <laughs> you know, like then they have to like do something for the next 10 minutes. Like, are you willing to risk that in order to form leaders and stretch people? You know? And so let, let's, let's take it from a volunteer standpoint. You have volunteers and they have a perspective that you do not. Mm -hmm. And God has given them a message. Why? Because they are, they're his children. Like we have to believe in the way that we minister we have, and, and empower, we have to believe that God is radically present in them because that's the truth that we proclaim. And if that's the case, then someone who's like, I'm not really good at giving talks, 
It's like, well, you've got to figure out a way. If it's not through a talk, it's got to be somehow because God has given you a message and the lens of your message is specific to you. No one else sees God the way that you do. No Mm -hmm. one else knows God the way that you do. And we can all benefit from that perspective. I need you to figure out how to share it. So if it's not a talk, you got 10 minutes to figure out how you're going to do it. Well, I'm going to show this video, play this song, and then have them journal to this question. Excellent. And that comes across as your personality style, but that's your leadership and that's your ownership. But I, I, I just, and it's not handholding. I don't want, I don't want us to say that right now we're doing too much handholding. It's that we're not doing enough equipping and empowering. Mm. We're not asking enough. We're not making enough demands. And right now in the church, and I'm going to go back to the whole COVID thing, it's a challenge because um, we're asking too little. And I know it's interesting, you know, with everyone doing um, ministry from, you know, digital, sorry, uh, mass. Like Sunday Mass, you're not obligated to go. But a lot of churches are having it, right? And the bishops mm-hmm. are like, well, you can stay home. The dispensation is there, blah, 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 blah. But what if we said, okay, so you're not comfortable going into a room with 300 people? Go to Mass once a week, even if it's a daily Mass. Like, get to Mass. There's only 25, 50 people at daily Mass. You know what I mean? Yep. You can social distance and more than adequately. Well, I'm still not comfortable with that. Well, how are you getting your food? Yeah. Because if you're going to the grocery store, I just want to I just want to put this out there. Like maybe just maybe our priorities are a little bit skewed. And I know that there's people with severe health conditions, and I know there's people doing curbside pickup and all these other things. I'm not speaking to those people. I'm speaking to those who have kind of got comfortably numb, and they're like, "Well, this is my it's been my experience in the Catholic faith the whole entire time." I just I I, I don't know. I want people to make their faith come alive, and and sometimes it's because we're not making big enough demands on them in ministry. And then when things like this come up, they don't know what it means to uh, to push themselves to make that a reality, to kind of lean in and surge when it gets difficult. When the going get tough, where are the Catholics? Yeah, and and we've said this before. You know that asking more of people gives them more buy in. Um, if it pushes them away, like if if you've asked them uh, something and they're like, "Well, I I can't do that and I'm out," then then that was like that's actually kind of a good thing too because they weren't bought into your program enough to do that thing. Now, if you were to go from not asking them anything to asking them to to run your entire ministry like every single week, yeah, I think a, a normal volunteer would quit. Um, that doesn't make sense. But if you go from you know, asking them to do nothing to leading a small group or asking them to do nothing to leading, you know, giving one small talk and they and they bail on that, then that's actually probably a good thing, um, to be honest. But if you when you stair step things and get them bigger and bigger, more and more commitment, the the person, the people that are working with you are more committed. They're not less. And so in in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says, You also are like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It means that ownership piece, like the church is not built of brick and mortar, but yet of living stones, like you build the church. Not you come and receive from the church. I receive formation. I receive sacraments from the church. It's like, no, like you build up the church. You are a living stone. And do people have that same type of buy-in, that same type of ownership? And what is our role as ministry leaders to help foster that, to help make that a reality? Especially in this time where people are scared and afraid. And it seems like the church is in timeouters on hold. 
but it's not like we need to make more demands of people. And I don't I don't know the fullness of everyone's community to be able to speak to that. But your ministry, you have some people that you can ask more of. And asking more of isn't like, oh, I'm burdened by it. Because trust me, like sacramental records, I do not enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I have people that really do enjoy that. So making that demand on them is actually a blessing, not a burden to them, you know. Um, and it's okay to be a little bit burdened by the weight of the gospel. Like it's the greatest news in the world. And if we don't proclaim it, then our lips that God gave us are not being utilized fully. Yep. And that's a burden. We need to We need to be saddled with that reality. Have you ever uh, offered like a stretch challenge to someone and they just knocked it out of the park? Like, can you think of a story? I mean, the answer is yes. Um, we, we have a couple of teens that we said, hey, take over this session. Um, and they, <laughs> I felt inadequate. Like after mm. they were done, I was like, why do I even go on stage and, and lead youth <laughs> ministry? Like these teens blew, blew me away. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to see them, like when you ask them to step up and do something, they, uh, like we, we've done, you've done dramas, I'm sure before on retreats and stuff like that and had had teens do them. Um, and you're like, man, I'm giving them a really important part in this retreat and just kind of having to, to let go and let them do it. And then just to watch them, you know, knock it out of the park. It's beautiful. Um, and your, your volunteers in whatever ministry, you know, you work in are, are in the same boat. You know, they, they would do the same thing. Um, and it's worth the risk. It's, it's a lot of fun to see people step up in ways and, and use the talent, you know, that God has given them, uh, yeah, to serve his church, to reach his people. So how do you make these extra demands? They're not extra demands. How do you, how do you, um, ask more? The, the church needs to ask more. We need to ask more. And the thing is, is if you send out an email, you know, I'm going to send out my flock note and say, Hey, I need people to step up to to be a part of this or be a part of that. Like that's not going to be as effective as if you sit down and say, you have expertise in this area and this topic aligns with your expertise. And I know that you can do it. Well, I'm not really, I don't feel comfortable giving a talk. Like I, I need you to figure out how you're going to share this message because you can share it better than I can. And I feel like God is calling you into this or whatever it is, instead of telling people, okay, now today's topic was, you know, the virtue of, of love. Now go out and, and love the world. It's like, no, teens, you're going to school tomorrow. Sit with someone you don't normally sit with at the lunchroom and listen to their story. That's how I want you to live out love. Like there is a specific pathway into the demand that you're asking as opposed to just go out and be more nice to everybody. You know, like I just feel like there needs to be a little bit more meat on the bone when we equip and empower people to be successful. Yeah. You know, asking students um, to to form an actual Bible study at their school or to meet someone new that they'd never met before and come back with the actual name. The same thing with your volunteers at RCIA and use these two examples all the time. And that's pretty much it. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, having your volunteers meet someone new and invite someone new to the earlier sessions, you know, for that year. Um, and that's a big challenge, you know, for them to wait, you mean I need to actually invite someone to this? Yes, absolutely. And and it's interesting because I've seen people when they bring a friend okay you brought a friend so you you each get a candy bar thanks for coming and uh and i've i've had someone say like i feel like my friend brought me just so they could get a candy bar like they felt <laughs> they <did>. used <laughs> you know yeah that's exactly why and and so 
So how can we how can we motivate? How can we encourage? How can we empower uh, this type of response for the sake of the response, not for the sake of the? Why do we have to reward people living out their faith? Yeah, like is not them living out their faith reward enough? Um, but the thing is, is there's sacrifices. Like there's a cross. He calls us to pick up our cross and carry it, and that's part of living out our faith. And so these demands, we're asking people to sacrifice for this. And yet, Matt, you and I, we we made sacrifices uh, like all throughout our week to play a video game. We sacrifice sleep. <laughs> we we sacrifice time with our spouse so that we can play a video game. Like making sacrifices is something everyone already does. They know, they get it. And sometimes it's selfish sacrifices like us with a video game, but other times it's more noble like like a family with a newborn or, or family with like, you know, any children whatsoever. Constant <laughs> sacrifice, constant. You know? And so um and so other areas of life already make those demands. And, uh, and, and sometimes we in ministry don't make, aren't as demanding. And the gospel is so much better if we're like, no, this is something you can share, not just something you can hear. Well, and even just the mentality, the, the culture behind it um, will make a difference. So if we have this mentality that, oh, we ask too much, then the way we ask for help is very apologetic and you know is not inspiring you know it's hey i know you're really busy i know you've got so much going on but if you could do this one little thing you know and squeeze in some time for god yeah you know that that makes it even seem like i'm asking too much the way that i phrase that question i make it look like i'm asking too much because i believe that so maybe we need to have a shift in, in what we believe and how we feel because if it's if we change the way we think and feel about this, I'm not asking too much. This is normal. Oh, hey, you know, you're a member of our, our ministry team. This is what we do. Right. That's it. Like, this is what it means, you know, to be a part of this team. No apology, no, like, whatever. I mean, definitely a thank you, you know, <laughs> like, after they do it or as they're doing it. Um, but, like, we need to shift the way that we ask people for things and the way that we think about the work we do. And so that that comes in a variety of ways because the other volunteers that surround us, um, I think that we need to transform the onboarding of those volunteers to where it's like, okay, so you're going to volunteer with our program or our ministry. Um, we meet for an hour and a half, which means half hour beforehand and 15 minutes after. So we're asking for, you know, two hour and 15 uh, minute commitment on the day of, and then 30 minutes commitment sometime in between that session and the next session to review the material and to reach out to those in your small group in one way or the other, to do some sort of a connection with them, even if it's just a text message, whatever it is that's legal in your diocese or whatever, you know, all those caveats. But to be able to have people in the mentality say that my ministry that I volunteer with and I serve with is part of who I am week to week, not just Wednesday night to Wednesday night or Sunday night to Sunday night, whatever it is, to be able to make those demands. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And and shifting, like even the introductions and like bringing them on into that um, is going to take like vision casting. Like, why do I want to do this? This sounds like a lot. Um, why just am I doing Look it? on your social media feed, like the people that are doing weight loss and, and things like that, like they are advocating big time. They're like, yes. And I gave up everything that tastes good. You know what I mean? Like I'm on paleo diet. So I'm eating, I'm eating rocks and, 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 and dirt. And they're like, and, and this is what it means to be radically committed to this. What people does it will, mean to be radically committed to Jesus? You know, people will, will sacrifice their taste buds, you know, for their weight. 
and we won't ask them to do anything for God. But God has grace. Like, I mean, weight is a lot of just self-control. All these different things are just self-perseverance and focus. But we have grace coming in, sacramental yeah. grace from our baptism. We have a calling that goes behind it. And yet our demands are less than than the latest uh, weight loss craze. I don't crazy. like that. That that should make us all uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Like, let us, let's at least be yeah. as radical, dynamic, and demanding as uh, as as Noom or as uh, Paleo or as you know whatever whole you know whole thirty exactly so yeah 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 if we aren't if we aren't asking people to I don't know to commit to sacrifice you know more than something like that then that's we're, uh, why we're not important you know what I mean like yeah so. I've I've been ranting now for like twenty minutes and I feel bad. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm so passionate about this, and uh, and yet I, I think of volunteers that are good, just going to be like, well, I I don't have time for that, and it's like, well, I still need a small group leader for that group, so okay, you know, yeah. like it's just oh, so yeah. um, so I also ask that we examine ourselves so that we are leaders worth following. Yeah. In what areas do you need to transform your faith from a noun to a verb? What does your prayer life look like? Like I was taking consolation and a reflection the other day, like. They lost Jesus in the in the temple, like the, the finding of Jesus in the temple. They left, and then they're like, "Where's Jesus?" And I've had I've had slips in my prayer life to where I'm like, "Oh well, if Mary and Joseph can forget about Jesus for a day, and I forgot to pray yesterday, then maybe I'm not that bad either." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I really take consolation in the finding in the temple that 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 decade of the Rosary. But at the same time, I need to get spiritually woke myself. Like mm. I sometimes am just on maintenance mode in my own faith life. And I think God is calling me as a ministry leader into a deeper relationship with him. Amen. Like, am I as radical as, as, as these ideas I have are uh, in my own spiritual growth? And so don't forget to check yourself and take a step back and say, if I was empowering me, what would I tell me to do differently so that I could be radically so that there would be demands made on me as a ministry leader because faith makes demands love makes demands cool so if you guys didn't uh look at the book from the previous episode because you thought it was just for parents this is uh it'd be a, a book worth looking at and kind of adapting for how do you do it within your ministry with your volunteers with your team what's the name of the book yeah. again chris failing forward by alan migliorato <laughs> <laughs> and Daryl Desizic. <laughs> You're the worst. Just I, I, I am so bad at pronouncing and pronouncing, saying words. I'm bad at words. <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, but you are just as bad because you're like, what's the name of the book, Chris? And you just throw it to me so that you don't have to well, hold on it. to it. I said it earlier. Okay. Failing forward. <laughs> Anyways, yes. The nice thing about it is it's been three sittings with the book, and I'm 90% of the way done. It's a it's a quick read. It's an easy read, and it's engaging. Um, but how long, long, how long story short. I think I read the book in like an hour, maybe two. It was really fast. Yeah, it's a fast read. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you guys for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you have to mla at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. And if you want to go far, it's going to make some demands on you. So let's yeah. do it. Let's get yeah. people equipped, empowered, and make their faith a verb, not just a noun. Um, and take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.